Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to everyone's favorite show about plastic surgery, health, and beauty. We got an awesome show for you today. First off, we're going to talk about the most dangerous surgeries out there. Next, people that are dying to be disabled. And finally, Sarah's going to get us up to speed on summer fashions, and it's coming up right now. Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle with your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer, Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Please leave us a like and a comment and uh, let us know what you want us to talk about on the next episode. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. With me always is the great Sarah. Hi. What's up, Sarah? In the box is Travis. How are you, buddy? Hey, what's happening? What's going on? Not much. Everybody having a good week? Yeah. Friday, as cool. always. Love being here. Yes. It's Friday. Can't yeah. complain about that. Exactly. Week's going good. Yeah. So I, I, I have to ask you guys, were you following this whole submarine thing, the Titanic deal at For all? For sure. 100%. <laughs> I guess everybody maybe, was, right? Maybe just a tad. Man, I was so like enthralled with it. Uh, I was really kind of nervous about what may have happened to them from the beginning. I mean, I just, I mean, not that I'm an ocean expert, but I know the ocean's very dangerous. And it, yeah, it seems that's like, like, they were like going, to me, it's like going out into space that, yeah. or something. Right? I was like, you're going into space and you're going to ride this little like moped looking. <laughs> moped. Yeah. Like submarine. I'm Dude, like, I have to say what really kind of no brought sir. it, what it brought home for me is someone posted a picture of like the submarine that, you know, James Cameron, the director of Titanic, the movie, mm -hmm. like someone posted a picture of his submarine and like the inside of it versus the submarine that they were in. And it was just like night and day difference. Like, yeah. like James Cameron's sub looked like something that NASA built. Exactly. They like went in like a spaceship. Yeah, like right. I mean, it was it was amazing. And then the one that yeah. they went into, it was just uh, like a hollowed out tube. There wasn't even like seats in it. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty. I mean, it's really sad. I mean, I, I well, didn't like the whole. I guess the ending of it is like they died, but they they didn't suffer. No, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was concerned about. Is that they're just yeah, sitting like there, like sitting on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, for five sitting days. there waiting to get rescued and like it not happening. Yeah. And like just dying yeah. at the bottom of the ocean. I was reading something about when subs implode. I mean, apparently, it's just like instantaneous. Yeah, I saw they made like a little. They've already put it on like, I don't know where I saw it. I mean, it was like I follow BB, B, BBC News. BBC, yeah. yeah. And they, I think, I don't know if it was them or not, but I saw like a, like a like a infographic or something. Yeah, like a little video, like a like it was graphic, like a graphic thing, yeah. and it just showed how it would implode. Yeah, they were saying that like at As that at, the, at those deep depths that like a sub will implode in like ten milliseconds and like your body like it just disintegrated. Yeah, it just disintegrates. Much. And something how the air when it gets that sudden compression, it's almost like a like an explosion. Flammable. Yeah, 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 flammable like a like a fire explosion. Yeah, they were just like incinerated instantly. Well, I guess that's better than suff like suffocating yeah, to suffocating death. Suffocating to death. Yeah, but it's still sad. Well, yeah, I don't it's know. all really sad. But it's like I don't. I would never have signed up to yeah do you know i mean i'm all for doing crazy stuff and like i've in my life have wanted to do things oh i have done a little bit of mountain climbing and random things are not necessarily safe but i don't know i looking at that sub i would have been a little yeah 
question. Sketch. Even though I guess it went down several times with no no problem. Yeah. Prior to that. But I feel like if you're gonna pay, like especially if like you're a, it was for tourists or whatever. Mm. That's what they made it for. It's like. Gotta be a little bit more high quality. <laughs> yeah, like if you're gonna, they said it would cost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one ticket. Is that what they said? Yeah. So it's about a million dollars per. Yeah, I better have my own private room like, <laughs> to summary. watch, to, to see Titanic, you know? That's what, I, that's what I would want. Like, that's, like, so much money. I wonder how much the sub cost that Cameron, uh, James Cameron used versus the sub. That yeah, and he's using. not, like, an adventurer. He's... I mean, but he's pretty rich. I, mean, I know, but, like, those people, I guess because they were, like, they go on these adventures, they probably go on sketchy stuff all the time. Yeah, maybe. Apparently, I don't know. some of them are. I don't know. The sub to me, look, you know, they controlled it with like a uh, like Xbox, an Xbox or controller. PlayStation controller. Yeah, I saw that. That seems a little. Well, obviously, they thought it was safe because the CEO went down there. Well, yeah, yeah. Apparently, you've been down there a lot. I don't know, Travis. Yeah. Would you get in that sub? Mm -mm. <laughs> no, I would not. I, I don't know how to swim, so I already don't like water. And then okay. to be fully submerged underwater without an escape, no, nah, I would. That's a hard no for you. Yeah, it's a tough no. It's an easy no though. Easy I don't. No? <laughs> I don't like the blackness of. Uh, right, it seems very of just the ocean. Like that point down there. That point wherever it like just becomes like the midnight zone or something. Well, I remember I went like you know to the Caribbean and did like snorkeling and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like there's like these underwater cliffs yeah. know, that just like drop right. off into the abyss. And like right. I had gone and, and one you of look our, down, it's just pitch yeah. black. And you're like, and I'm I went, not going down there. And like this guy, he was in the Marines, I guess. And he, or I knew that because he's one of my friends, but like he was like swimming down to the very bottom, like, you know, where all the pretty coral and all uh -huh. the fish are. But he like swam all the way down. Like it looked like he was going to go like peek his head over. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> So like, I've actually been in a submarine. I, like, I can't um, watch this. When I was when we went on family vacation, it was I think a couple or three years ago. We went to Hawaii, and they had a submarine tour of you know around the the island. And we're like, okay, that. I mean, we looked it up, and it all seemed pretty legit. And I was just thinking how that sub looked compared to the one that they were in. Mm -hmm. The submarine that we were in looked like a submarine like the Navy might have. Like, you know, you probably. go down the thing and there was like a, a... I wonder if it was probably like a decommissioned one that they just were like, oh, I mean, we have it a wasn't better that, model. It was pretty small. Like, it was probably yeah. as big as like, uh, I don't know, like a Winnebago. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was bigger than a car, um, but it had a cockpit with two people and it looked like the inside of maybe like an airplane or something. And then there was all the back part, you know, where the people would sit. And mm -hmm. I was thinking, well, okay, this looks pretty legitimate. It doesn't look like somebody built this in their work workshop <laughs> over the weekend or something. You know, they actually have, like, submarine hotels. Like, you can actually... Like a cruise ship? Like it moves or just an underwater building? N no, I think it's just... I think it's stationary. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah and, I, I don't know if I've seen that. So, it's an actual submarine that they converted into, like, a hotel room, basically. Really? Yeah, and you can rent out the hotel room submarine. They deliver pizza to you, um, and then you just stay there for the night. How do you or get... How do you get into it? Is there a tube or? I, so I think you, I, I think you climb on top of it basically, and then you just you go down the ladder, kind of like a regular submarine, pretty much. Um, and like you can stay in it for like nights on end. Really? Mm -hmm. It's like four hundred dollars a night. I think it's pretty expensive. Is that like in the Caribbean or? No, it's it's here in the states. I just really? don't know where. Huh? Yeah, they actually have these. That's um, interesting. Yeah, a friend of mine was saying that they were looking into doing them at one point. 
Um, but then they like didn't like how tight the space was. Well, yeah, submarines are pretty cramped. Yeah, right. By New Orleans. Exactly. So they they Sorry, changed Sarah, their mind. you're not going to get like the presidential suite in submarine. <laughs> I'm small, like, so I guess like I'll fit in. No, anyway. facts. It probably would be more than enough room. Well, it was very interesting the whole thing, and obviously very tragic. But it was just, it was it was very interesting how like the whole world was just kind of on edge about mm -hmm. what happened to the submarine i guess everyone loves the titanic story or not loves but is interested in i saw a bunch of like memes about it oh mm -hmm. dude nothing can happen about titanic like ghosts just like sitting there chilling and then right. like the seeing some kind of like beep. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think anything can happen these days without memes being popped up yeah, i, I think the, i'm like oh that was kind of funny but also very it's too soon the, yeah it's too soon <laughs> the unknownness of like the ocean i think that's why like people were so like captivated by it too they just were sure. like did he fake it or is he still alive is he did they explode are they suffocating down there is it lost i think just the unknownness of all of it it just had everybody on edge yeah totally uh yeah well sad story i, I wish they could have found it would have been a really really cool story if yeah. maybe it got caught up and then they they, they well, rescued there, did them. you see right. the other stories that were like there has been situations where like they Rescued that they people? rescued people in those types of situations. Wow. Uh, no, I hadn't seen that, but I'm yeah. going to look it up now. That's there was wild. an interview with, um, like, a... That somebody had done it? Yeah, like a, I don't know, like an ex, you know, Marine person. I don't yeah, know. Maybe SEAL or something. Yeah, that yeah. was on one of those types of vessels and was rescued. Well. Yeah, so it's like, it's happened before. Yeah, so, so yeah, unfortunately this time... Not so much. Something must have horribly happened for yeah. it. Yeah, like, I wonder if they'll ever figure out exactly what happened. I don't know. I think they will. I think, think so? they are really good at piecing together like stories of what happened when it comes mm -hmm. to like those type of situations. Yeah. Now it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure there'll be more stuff about it. Absolutely. Coming up. 100%. All right. Well, talking about dangerous things, I'm going to move on to my first topic. Uh, we always talk about surgeries and. Um, you know what surgeries are dangerous more more in plastic surgery but i thought it'd be interesting because i don't think we've ever talked about what are the most dangerous surgeries out there you know and uh and interestingly enough i've done a lot of these just because my background before plastics was uh general and trauma surgery mm -hmm. and so a lot of these actually have some personal experience with so so as we've talked about in the past overall surgery is very safe if you look at all surgeries that are being done so this would include things so the like i do such as elective plastic surgery up to you know things like heart transplants or even you know tra trauma surgeries where people are shot or in bad car wrecks if you take all surgeries across the board your overall risk of dying is 0.5 percent so that's one out of 200. that sounds kind of scary whenever you you see that number but you do have to realize that there are a lot of people who go into surgery with life-threatening yeah. emergencies and and realistically they're probably not going to make it through the surgery yeah. so that does skew it so some of the factors that affect what the mortality rate for a surgery will be i mean there's some obvious things like patient age younger people tend to do a little bit better with surgery overall health you yeah. know if you're overall very healthy in great shape you're going to have a, a better chance of coming through than somebody who has you know 10 chronic diseases whether or not the surgery is elective emergent or traumatic those make a huge difference i mean trauma surgeries are going to have some of the highest mortality rates followed by emergent surgeries. And lastly would be you know, things like I do that were more elective. Complexity of surgery, obviously, you know, taking off a mole is not gonna have as high of a mortality rate as a heart transplant. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, overall surgery team skill. So, you know, where you have your surgery does make a difference, whether it's, you know, a level one trauma center, 
uh, or you know, somebody's office does make, make some amount of difference. So for elective surgeries, because uh, I'm gonna leave out I'm gonna leave out trauma surgeries because those are just so random. I mean it's it's hard to get an estimate of, you know, what is the risk of dying if you have a gunshot and make surgery. I mean that's yeah. that's so just esoteric. I mean a lot of people, you know, are basically dead when they come in, but they still go to surgery. So that's that's hard to evaluate. So I'm gonna kinda leave out some of the traumatic surgeries. Um, for elective surgery, though, it is it is lower. So if you if you leave out trauma, the risk of surgery goes down to like 0.1 to 0.2 percent. So I want to go through some of the surgeries that carry the highest risk and kind of start at the top and go down. So uh, the first would be uh, any surgery related to a abdominal aortic aneurysm. So the, have you guys ever heard of the aorta? Is that ring a bell? I've heard of it before. Okay. You. So the aorta is the the major blood vessel that comes out of your heart. So your mm -hmm. heart sits here. And there's a vessel called the ascending aorta, and then it kind of goes down, and it has all these branches which supply blood to all your organs and basically keeps you alive. And, and as we age, the aorta uh, in some people can almost uh, it get dilated. I mean, specifically, it's called an aneurysm, which is just a doctor word for a unusual dilation. But what happens is just like a tire that gets overinflated, yeah. as the aorta gets overinflated or, or stretched out, the walls get thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. So uh, a, as it gets larger, the risk of it rupturing goes up, up and up. And the problem is, is this is your main blood vessel. Like yeah. this is it. If this thing ruptures, you are in really, really, really bad shape. In fact, for people who have a, a rupture you know, at, at home, 50% uh, people die before they make it to the hospital. Mm. So half the people do make it to the hospital and then they'll go in for emergent AAA repair, abdominal aortic aneurysm. Um, and I've actually done these surgeries. Um, I, I worked uh, several shifts uh, doing vascular surgery um, and in the trauma hospital I was at, even some of our general surgeons did, did these. Uh, they're, they're very um, uh, hectic when it comes in and somebody has a ruptured triple A. It's like it's just like they were shot. You have to get them in there yeah. and, and work really fast. Sounds terrible. But for those people that make it to surgery, about forty percent uh, of those people die. Um, so that would probably be the top a triple A repair. Um, you know, forty percent mortality for an acute rupture. Now, if it's elective, say someone knows they have an aneurysm mm -hmm. but it hasn't ruptured, it's still up to ten percent mortality for that, just depending on various factors, because they tend to be older patients and they are very big surgeries right. that potentially have a lot of um, uh, complications. And interestingly enough, there's a famous person that died from a triple A rupture, and that was Albert Einstein, uh, oh. the famous scientist. Yeah, I tried to find somebody noteworthy that had some. Yeah, he's pretty noteworthy. I figure Albert Einstein's pretty big. <laughs> um, so next on the list would be cranial decompression. So that, that's kind of a, a generic term for any surgery where you're taking part of the skull off. And so that can be for various reasons. It could be for you know a, a, a brain infection. Could be for trauma. Someone you know bumps their head. I said I was going to leave off trauma, but there are other reasons why someone would have a cranial decompression. Um, but this surgery basically takes part of the skull off to alleviate pressure inside your brain. Um, swelling of the brain is a very, very dangerous thing yeah. because our, our cranium, our skull, is not expandable. Yeah, and so if, if the brain starts to swell, it immediately starts to press against your skull and it can right. actually kill the brain tissue, which then makes the swelling worse, which then kills more tissue, and it's kind of a cyclical thing that can right. quickly result in people dying. 
So when people do get swelling in the brain, a decompression, uh, cranial decompression is the surgery that they would do. I've done sort of these surgeries. I didn't do a lot of neurosurgery, but I did do uh, cranial vault reconstruction for kids with um, uh, cranial synostoses, which is where the skull doesn't, uh, doesn't unfuse correctly, or right. it fuses too early, and they'll have the skulls where it's normal on one side and then oh, misshapen. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I worked with a really famous uh, craniofacial surgeon when I was in my plastic surgery uh, training, and we did a lot of those, uh, which is a form of cranio. It's, you're doing the surgery for cranial decompression, but without the actual swelling of the brain. And it is dangerous. Uh, he, um, he's a fantastic surgeon, but I, I know for a fact that there was at least one patient that died while I was there. I wasn't in on the case because it's just dangerous surgery. I mean, yeah. you're literally taking your skull off your brain and, and bleeding can happen and things can really, you know, get get uh, out of hand quickly. But a mortality rate for that's 26%. So for people who have to have a, a cranial decompression, one that's out of four. That's very serious. That's serious stuff. I mean, you don't yeah. want to have to have your skull taken off. So uh, moving back to the aorta, so the next would be aortic dissection. So this is kind of a more uh, unknown thing. Uh, so when you look at the aorta, if you were to cut it, you know, in half and look, you know, on the inside of it, there's different layers of it. Yeah. So a dissection is when the blood flow actually doesn't go through the center channel, but it gets in between the separate walls of the aorta itself. Okay. And it's almost as though it's, it's finding a, a different route to push the blood. Well, what happens is when the blood goes in there, the pressure separates the walls and then it occludes the place where the blood should go. Yeah. So these are, are very, very uh, dangerous things uh, that happen. Uh, it immediately causes people to you know, have all these like, very serious symptoms or potentially cardiac arrest. And so the surgery to fix these is a really big deal because you have to get into the, it normally happen high up, like on the ascending aorta. So you're having to get inside the chest. Uh, mortality rate for that's 22%. So about a little over one in five patients who go to surgery for that die. John Ritter. Yes. Who was Three's uh, Company? Three's Company. He died of aortic dissection. Yeah. Uh, I and I think I scrubbed into one of those cases. I don't have a lot of experience with those. I think maybe I was on cardiothoracic when one came through. I can't remember if it was elective or emergent, but they are they are pretty big surgeries. Yeah. Sounds Next would be liver transplant. I've actually done a few of these. Uh, we had a really big transplant program at the place where I trained. Uh, this is probably my least favorite surgery in the world to do. Um, you know, you don't transplant someone's liver because they have a great liver. And so no. when you're trying to get the old liver out, it just sucks so bad. Like they're usually really scarred up, very difficult to get out. Then you're having to take a, a donor liver, put it in, hook everything back up. The longest surgery I ever scrubbed was a liver transplant. It was somewhere around, somewhere around 13 hours. Uh, for a single surgery, which is brutal. Um, and these do carry uh, a lot of risk. I mean, just the fact that you're taking a, 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 an organ as complex as the liver out and then putting a new one in and hooking everything back up, there's just a lot of potential. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you're just, just saying it in, in words, it's like, you can really do that? I mean, you can, but it, it does have some potential problems. And so mortality rate for that's 10%. And um, you know, it's an interesting story. One of the very first patients, uh, I did transplant first when I was an intern. And uh, I'll never forget this story. So a, a guy came in and he was, a, he was a surgeon. Okay. And he had hepatitis C that he got from a needle stick in surgery and his liver was failing. And so he needed a liver transplant. And when he came in, he was actually in, in pretty good shape. Because when you're in liver failure, it's not as though you're always on death's door. I mean, it can be controlled to a certain degree. 
Anyway, so he came in and uh, we had found a liver for him, so we did his transplant. And then he had what's called an acute rejection. So even though he matched up to the liver donor, yeah. his body just rejected that liver. And so when that happens, you, you literally have a day or two to find a new liver or they die. Right. So we found another liver for him, uh, miraculously, took him back to surgery, put the new liver in, and then he rejected that one as well. And then he ended up dying, uh, which is, you know, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, I thought, like somebody in my family died of hepatitis C from- Really? From, uh, they had blood liver- Blood transfusion Yeah, or... blood transfusion. Like, how do they not, like, how is that? Well, how does that happen? I mean, so it, there was a time in the past when they didn't necessarily scan blood for yeah. all these well, various he had, things. Yeah, well, he he was like an alcoholic and like had to like have all. He was like his liver was just horrible. So I mean, if you're an alcoholic and you have hepatitis C, that's like the double whammy. I mean, yeah. that's really no, really he bad. he died just soon, yeah. like very quickly. Like it, liver failure in general is bad, but if you have if you're an alcoholic where you have cirrhosis of your liver, yes, that's what he was yeah. getting blood transfusions for, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, he probably could have got from blood transfusion. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so liver transplant, serious stuff. Mickey Mantle died after a liver transplant. He had uh, liver failure, and he did get a transplant. I think he died like a month later. Mm. So, uh, huh? I said, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I actually met Mickey Mantle a long time ago, back in the 90s. Uh, interesting. I was, was, I was a big, huh? I said, interesting. He was a big, I was really into baseball when I was a kid, and, and he obviously had retired, but he would do these uh, baseball card shows and oh. sign autographs. That's cool. And I would... I'd get, I had a friend who would take me to the baseball card shows, and so uh, I got to meet Mickey Mantle and got his autograph. He was a cool dude. Uh, lung resections. So uh, people that get a lung resection, there's various reasons. Cancer is generally the big one. You know, yeah. if you have a tumor, you, you want to resect that if it's even possible. So lung resection can carry a 5 to 10% mortality rate, uh, which is pretty high. That does depend on how much the lung you're taking out. Some people will get just a part of their lung taken out, like a small part. Okay. Other people need the entire thing taken out, so that's why there's that Can you live with one lung? You can, yeah. Oh. You can, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, that's one, another big one. I mean, you're getting inside the chest. If you get infection post-op, I mean, that's very serious. It can, you can get sepsis really fast, so uh, that's another really, really big surgery. Another resection is that following that one is colon resection, 5% um, mortality rate. Now, that's a, a little bit skewing because a lot of people get their colons out and not one out of 20 people die from a colon resection. But what this does include is people who've had some sort of perforation of their colon. Mm -hmm. So there's some disease processes where the colon will pop inside of you and it dumps all that stool in your body and then you get super, super sick. And then they Gross. come in and they do a colon resection. Those people are much more likely to die than if you say, you know, you go to colonoscopy and you got a tumor and they got to cut it out. Like, yeah. you'll, you're probably going to be be okay from that, at least from the surgery. Uh, another section, pancreatic resection. This is an interesting one. This is a procedure called the Whipple. So if you get pancreatic cancer, there's a procedure that takes out the pancreas, part of the small bowel, and part of the stomach, uh, and then hooks everything back up. They call it a Whipple procedure. I did a bunch of those uh, in training because we had a couple guys that were really um, known for doing them. Mm -hmm. uh, very tedious surgeries. I, I really didn't like doing them. In fact, I was talking to my general surgery friends just this week, and about them, and we both hated doing them when we were there. Sounds. Yeah, it's very tedious. Critical. And, uh, yeah, just, I, I don't know. Detailed. Uh, yeah. Uh, so 3% mortality rate with that. So we're getting lesser, but still, 3% mortality rate is pretty high. I mean, that's not mm -hmm. insignificant. So next is a straight-up heart uh, heart bypass, cabbage. Yeah. They call it coronary artery, coronary artery bypass grafting. You call them cabbages, C-A-B-G for short. 2.5% uh, mortality rate. So that's, what, 1 out of 25, I guess? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, for the obvious reasons, when you're working on the heart, there's always the risk of something happening. You know, the graft that you do can go bad. You get an infection. Um, that happened all... to my friend's dad. She, she had, oh, really? or her dad, like it got an infection, and he was literally getting like nurses coming to their house. It, it was like his chest was open still. Oh right. So and actually, they were like mm -hmm. cleaning it. But he, like, but did he, he do okay? He died. No, he's fine. He's alive. Okay, good. Yeah. I actually do the surgery, so that would yeah. be a uh, sternal dehiscence after cabbage or any sternotomy procedure. So a lot of times plastic surgeons will come in uh, to fix those uh, and also wound care doctors, which I'm not really a wound care doctor. I'm just a plastic surgeon that does wound care, but I see a lot of patients with uh, sternal dehiscences after cabbage. Um, unfortunately, it's just one of those things where when you cut open the chest and you sew it back together, it doesn't always heal great. Yeah, it just wasn't healing. Yeah. I just remember like whenever we were kids playing at our house, we'd be like, oh, we got to leave because we don't want to see. Right, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he would literally just like sit in the living room, like sitting on his Man. recliner with this nurse, like cleaning his stuff. I have a crazy video of a surgery uh, that I did. I'll bring it next week. Uh, it was a patient I got consulted on and it was, it was a patient whose sternum dehissed like so much that you could, you could literally see the heart beating in the bottom of the wound. It was crazy. And so I, I fixed it. Uh, it's a really cool, I'll have to, it's, it's a video, it's maybe like a minute long. Is it as gross as that other video you showed us? With like, it looked like there was a person inside of it? Yeah, probably so, yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah, you know, I posted that and I really thought that thing would go wild and I don't know if it's getting throttled or what, but really, I don't know, people were not interested in that. You posted it like on social media? Oh yeah, absolutely. When? This past week. I didn't see it. Uh, it didn't pop up on my feed, so. It must maybe, not I, be getting... maybe we just posted it to YouTube short as a oh. test. I thought we posted it to Insta too. I wonder if it's like just getting throttled because it's like medical. I don't know. I can never understand social media. Me either. It's just crazy. Lastly, I put on there just as a, um, uh, what's it called? A, um, what's it called when it's not, you don't get an award, but you're uh, honorable mention. Yeah. Oh, okay. Honorable mention. Oh, yeah. I put Brazilian butt lift on there. Oh, it's much we lower. Hate it. Huh? I said we hate it. I hate Brazilian butt lift. 0 0.02 to 0.03% mortality rate, which actually for elective plastic surgery is is very high. Yes, like that's we know one this. in yeah. that's one in three to five thousand. And then it goes up if you go to Florida to get it. Do speaking of which, <laughs> I had two 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 patients this week come to my office uh, that went to Mexico to get tummy tucks and were having bad complications. Yikes! In fact, I, the first one came, and then my next office day, my nurse was like, "Okay, we got a patient with." Uh, you know, went to tummy tuck, went to Mexico to get a tummy tuck. I was like, we just saw that patient. Like, no, this is another one. I'm like, another one? Two in a week. Pretty crazy, right? That's, a, that's insane. Wild stuff. I don't I anyway, would never do that. Anyway, let me know what you think about the most dangerous surgeries out there. I did leave out things like gunshots and crazy car wrecks just because those are so hard to kind of quantify. But if you have any questions about those surgeries, uh, please leave me a comment. I'd love to know what you think. So. Yes. All right. Moving on to a very, very unusual topic uh, that I saw, and the reason I kind of did this topic because I saw a story about a person. I'm gonna tell the story about this this girl named Jewel Shooping. Have you guys ever heard of her name? I never heard of her. Her name's Jewel Shubin. Shooping. S-H-U-P-I-N-G. Okay. I've not. I'd never heard of her. No, yeah, I've never not. heard of her. I saw a story about this girl. It was, it was a news, news article and this didn't just happen. It's been a little bit. So this girl was born completely healthy, but uh, ever since she was a very little girl, she dreamed of being blind. She wanted to be blind. Uh, when she was a teenager, she would walk with a white cane, and by the time she was 20, uh, she'd become fluent in Braille, you know, the 
the, yeah. the blind uh, language. Um, and then at 21, she found a psychologist who agreed to help her blind herself. And she poured Drano into her eyes and then waited to go to the hospital in, as long as she could. And it, it blinded her. She went permanently blind. She found a psychologist? Allegedly. This is allegedly. They, she says, I looked it up and it says she never named who helped her. Well, her psychologist needs to go see a psychologist. Yeah, I feel like that person needs to probably face some prison time myself, but yeah, uh, I digress on that. That is horrible. Uh, so she did go blind, uh, and her family disowned her. Uh, they did want nothing more to do with her. But she says that she now is so very happy because she feels like this is the way that she was supposed to be born, and she wasn't, and now she's, she's blind. So what she has is actually a disorder known as Body Integrity Identity Disorder. Okay. And it is extremely rare. Uh, that's actually her. That's Jewel, that's Jewel Shooping right there uh, after she blinded herself and she got her cane. Um, so this is a very, very rare uh, disorder. It, it, it's hard to quantify exactly how many people have this because it is so rare, but it's definitely way less than 0.1%. I mean, we're talking like one in tens or hundreds of thousands. And it is characterized by when an able-bodied person, so just, you know, normal, healthy person, has an overwhelming desire to be disabled. Mm. And that could be in the form of a blindness like her, uh, amputate, be an amputee, like lose an arm or leg, or be paralyzed. Like, and it's, I feel like that's like, I remember when I was a kid, my dad had a pair of, um, like, what are those things where you put them under your armpits? Crutches? Crutches. And I used to be like, oh, I want to go play on those. I don't That'd think be that cool qualifies. to use them. I know, but like, <laughs> no, I don't think I have ever had that disorder. But I'm, I could see how, like, if you started, like, Down if you had path. that, like, that encouragement to do, like, yeah, you should play on crutches, like, maybe. you know, like maybe see, her family maybe. was like encouraging, like, you know, you're a kid with an imagination, and like, you have just, you guys ever heard of this though, this body integrity identity disorder? No. I, had you heard of it, Charles? No, I haven't. I've not heard of it. I, I have to say, I went through medical school and residency training, and I had never heard of this. <laughs> I didn't know this was a real thing. And to be fair, maybe it's only being recognized as a real thing recently. But I don't remember learning about this in med school or residency. I, I, I can't say I've ever seen a patient that has it. Uh, so, I mean, this is not a common thing. I, just, I read this article, and I'd seen that. You know where I'd seen this term thrown around? is when people are talking about um, people with gender dysphoria that want to have transition. And, and some people would say, oh, well, it's similar to body integrity identity. I had to go look I mean, it that's up. What I mean, that's what I thought about. Yeah, I had but, to. Except they're not trying to disable themselves. Right, yeah. yeah. We can talk about that in a second. But yeah, I, I had to go look it up. I was like, wait, body integrity, what? And then, and then I was like, oh, that's a thing. I, I don't I, know. That just seems so weird. Like, why would you want to impede your life to live? I mean, it's a great question. Uh, the most common thing that people, oh, is that it is much more common in men. I don't know if I mentioned that. 80% are men, 20% women. So Jewel was kind of in the minority there. Um, the most common thing that people want is an amputation, like they want to lose a limb, like an arm or a leg. Uh, second is they want to be paralyzed, which that just blows my mind. Anyone would, I mean, I, I guess all of it blows my mind that somebody would want to purposely cut off their own arm. Uh, but the fact that somebody would want to be paralyzed, that seems like literally the worst thing in the world. I think I would rather be dead than be paralyzed personally. I don't know how you guys feel. That's like the reverse of being like, I wish I had superpowers. I, I know, right? Yes, you're so right. It's like it's the like, there's what? people who want to be superheroes and people that I guess want the opposite. Like, Yeah, that is so strange. Yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around. 
Um, so of the people who have this disorder, uh, almost 90% have thought about doing their own body modification. Um, so a lot of... Um, I wonder if they have a high, they're like more suicidal. Because they're almost, they're putting themselves, their lives at that risk. Is a good, that is a good question. I, I want to say when I looked this up, I do think that there was a higher risk of, of things, of, of other anxiety or suicidal type disorders. Mm -hmm. um, I think like if they're that. willing to go that far, what else? Yeah, right, exactly. So of the patients that have this, one-third of them will go to a doctor to try and get the doctor to do whatever it is they want, whether it be amputate something, mm -hmm. paralysis or whatever. I can only imagine... I would assume my, my office people would just block that. I would never hear about it because my office people would be like, no, he's not doing that click. Uh, I've never had anybody personally ask me to do anything like that. Um, another one-third actually attempt the modification themselves. So a third yeah, of Yeah, because most doctors are saying. Yeah, the not do they're that. not going to do it. No, no, no doctor's going to do that. Um, so yeah, one-third of the people actually attempt to do it themselves, like, like Jewel you know, did to, to blind herself. Um, as we said, the... The people that have it do sometimes compare themselves to patients who are who are trans that want gender transition. Um, I don't know. I don't really buy that. Uh, being you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's like it. It might go down the same like, you know, path, but it diverts. Yeah, to a huge difference. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like you might walk down. It has the same like I want to be different. Right. Right. But I don't want to make it to where I can't live my life. Exactly. I mean, that's they're not doing that. Because I, I don't think people. anyone would agree that someone who has gender transition is disabled. They're just no. They're just, they they're just regular able people that are a different gender yeah. after surgery. So I, to me, it's not the same. So of course, there's this big talk about ethics when you're talking about it. And I'm not sure who's actually talking about this, because I said I, I didn't even know this thing really existed. But when you read about it, there's like people, oh, there's this discussion about the X. Like, who's discussing this? But Just having conversations. The discussion about it is by the ex the ethics of body autonomy, right? Yeah. A person wants to do something to their body, and should they have the right to do that? But isn't it against the law to commit suicide? Is it? I don't know. Like if you like, could, I, like, if I you like attempt. I don't know. That's a that's a big question you just asked. I I'm not sure. I I'm pretty it. sure it is. That's why you can be arrested for attempted attempt suicide. Yeah, for like when they just called, put you like in a kind of a mental hole. Yeah, something. they do do that. But I'm saying like they I don't can, think they like, charge you with a crime though, do they? I don't know. But like if you tell a bunch of people one day like I'm gonna do I'm gonna commit suicide. Oh yeah, they're gonna commit. And you. like you're and then yeah. somebody's like, hey, this dude's, you know, <laughs> this being person so with yeah. body autonomy, I mean, when you bring up the question of that in a person with body integrity identity disorder, the medical consensus is that they don't have the insight to the disease that they have, mm -hmm. so therefore they lack the autonomy to make the decision. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's just the doctor way of saying, we're not going to do this, you know? Well, it goes against, like, like I said, like your yeah, ability no to live. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the whole doctor mantra is do no harm, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but it goes against like a human human nature instinct. Right, to disable someone. I mean, and honestly, yeah. I have huge ethics issues with making someone disabled so that they're dependent on other people. Yeah, but maybe that's what they want. I mean, that is a good point. I don't know. They want, I, that seems like a very big to, step. They want people to have to them. care about them, have to. Yeah not have to care, but like have to take care of them. Well, currently the recommendation is not to indulge in uh, their desire for body modification. Uh, there is therapy for this. Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is apparently pretty effective in treating people with body uh, integrity identity disorder. And then also the SSRIs like Zoloft and Prozac have been shown to be helpful. So. Well, that's good. That's scary. It's crazy stuff. I honestly, until 
the past year, I didn't know this was a thing. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I believe the statistics to say one out of a thousand. I think it's like one out of a million, maybe. I, I've never seen anyone or heard anyone in my 20 years of doing medicine that has this. Yeah. So, I don't know. Intense. Crazy stuff. All right, yeah. Sarah, you're going to... Anyways, yeah. You're gonna, <laughs> fashion. You're going to get us up to speed on fashion. So, we moved from amputating yeah. our own limbs to... Buying clothes. Buying clothes. I think it's a good transition. Yeah. And sure there's like not. a test or something? Yeah, I'm giving you. Charles, are you ready? Like, is there right answers or no right answers? I mean, there's a right answer. Oh, but there's a right all answer. All of them are cute. <laughs> all of the things are cute. So, right. yeah, it's a this or that summer fashion quiz. All right, I'm going to pull mine up because I, I saved my pictures because I don't know if I can see it all the way over there on the monitor. But yeah. I want to make sure I give a good I thought answer. I'd be cute and I made that. I thought it was cute. You made that yourself? Yeah. That's really nice. That's better than the ones I make. Mine are really kind of. I don't know, utilitarian. I'm artistic. You are artistic. I'm going to have you make more. Okay, so okay. first one, it's this or that. Now, which, which summer dress is going is on trend right now for summer? Oh, so we're trying to say which one's on trend? Now. <laughs> oh. Summer fashion. Okay. Um, like right now. Both I'll, of Travis, them are you cute go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say B. You say B. Just because okay. I like B better. Uh, well, I, I don't want to just... Say what Trelvis says. So I, I, I was kind of toss up. I, I'm gonna say, uh, which is it? I gotta feel. You it. know what? I, I'm gonna have to. Agree. I'm gonna say B because I'm gonna say it's off the shoulder and that's the trend. I Wait, I'm gonna just pick up the trend because the dress with the tennis shoes it kind of like. I Wait, you're changing your like, answer now? No, 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 no. I, st I still stick with B. Oh, it's, you're sticking with B. It's A. Yeah. It is A. Dang, yeah. we're both wrong. Blue okay, so. and white floral dresses mm. are very in style right now. Oh, wow. Not just I, like that style, but just I, blue and white. So like having a white dress with blue floral print, which is, cr it's it's a great dress because I think, because right now when you think of summer, what do you think of? Like Ours. in America, anyways. Uh, like here, heat? Texas heat, melting. Heat? Well, you think, I think of 4th of July. Like oh, I right. think of like barbecues. I yeah. think of like all that stuff. Truth. And red, white, and blue. Like just basic Americana, like thinking. I like will that. tell you, of the two, I prefer A. I was trying to outthink myself, <laughs> yeah, and I outthought myself into the wrong answer because I do prefer A. I, yeah. I I like that very kind of basic, kind of like a very base color with like a pastel kind of flower. Just I mean, something that, that's appealing to mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I, I do like it. Yeah, I, like that dress. The other dress was cute, but that's more like is. something you'd wear to like vacation. Yeah. I the other, like it uh, yeah, it's super I do like cute. it. I like A better. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next All right. I'm gonna one. go first. This I'll go first. or that. Okay. This or that. A or okay. B. So we got a on the A. We got a skirt with a, a top of the over. Focus jacket. on what's similar about them, and then you'll figure out which. What is the trend that I'm trying to so get? So the trend is for like halter tops. No, it's skirts. So which skirt oh. is like? <laughs> The which tops skirt? are similar. The tops they are, are similar. Okay. Uh, so which one is more... Well, I would say... Uh, I mean, they're B. both cute, but what's on trend right now? B. Yeah, my answer was going to be B. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Maxi skirts. Maxi skirts? Yeah. They're super on trend right now. I do like it. Yeah. I think it looks great. So, all right, so we weren't trending about the top part. Yeah, y'all are, y'all, one, you got one so far. We're moving. All right, we're in, we're, we're doing it. All, all right, right Travis, this or that, which one? So this is on the tops. Uh, we've got a crochet top and a polo, a cropped polo. Hmm. Which one is in style right now? So which one is in style now? I yes. will say, this one is tougher. Mm, 
I'll say A. I'm going to say B. I'm going to say knit polo, crop knit polos are in style. It's A. <laughs> oh, good job, Trellis. <laughs> right on. Crochet. But really anything in. crochet is in right now. Really? Cro like that little set that that chick was wearing, it was a maxi skirt. Oh. And it was a crochet. Well, you can't see it. I cropped it out. Oh, I see. Because I was focusing on the shirt. But um, yeah, anything crochet, like crochet set, crochet, crochet dress, like yeah. anything like that. Okay. It's very good like style. It. All right. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. With the crochet, can you, like, is that, can you see through that? You can on some stuff. So, um, obviously, you, you should wear something underneath it. But, like, right. they have crochet sets that are, like, pants. And you can wear, like, your swimsuit bottom underneath it with, like, the top. Oh. And so then like there's dresses. Yeah. And thing. then there's dresses that are crochet. Okay. Like, I have a crochet, I have, I have crochet tops, too. But, like, I don't just, like. So I'm gonna totally I'm gonna totally go off in the weeds here. Uh, when you were out at uh, Scarborough Fair a few weeks ago, did you see the chainmail dress? No. <laughs> the chainmail dress. Yeah, it was. You know what chainmail is, right? It's uh, it was an armor used thousand years ago, and it's made up of little rings of metal. Okay, yeah. So, but I thought that was like it's like the under part of an armor. It, it, it is. Right, yeah, it's yeah. chainmail. Yeah. So they they have a chainmail dress out there at, at Scarborough Fair. Is and it for men? Or is it for girls? No, it's for girls. Oh. I, I keep getting, I keep trying to get That's my wife to style. buy it. That's in style. Dude, it is sick. I, I don't know if I've ever taken a picture of it, but it, it, the style of it's actually pretty cool. It's, you know, it's, actually, I think I know what you're talking about because I literally remember walking. It's right up there at the front to the left. No, I, now I remember it. And it's, it's kind of a longer dress, but it's asymmetric. It's got like a single, a single strap on one side, and mm -hmm. then it's got like a big slit. Yeah. It's the coolest dress ever, and it's made of chain. I mean, I think probably weighs 30 pounds, but it's, it's really sick. It's in style to wear stuff like that right now. I know. For I keep sure. telling my wife she should get it. She's like, I'm not wearing because it's kind of see-through. Metallics. Yeah. You know, it's because it's chainmail, so it's see-through. I don't know how, what you'd wear underneath it, but I think Something. it looks awesome. I'm just gonna buy it for her one day. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there and buy there it. There we go. <laughs> you gotta take her somewhere to wear it. I guess it. I guess you could just wear it to make tell her to wear it in, in your house. But I mean, if you have a chainmail dress, I think you wear that dress anywhere you go because <laughs> that thing is like gonna be a statement piece, right? It would. All right. Sorry. So I didn't mean to derail your conversation with no, chainmail. That's fine. Um, so this or that. So obviously this is about shorts. So which pair of shorts is in style right now? We've got like a light pair and then we've got a dark pair. I'm gonna say, oh, is it my turn? Uh, I mean, either of y'all can go. I'm gonna say B, frayed bottom, stonewash shorts are in style. Yeah, I'm gonna say B. That is correct. Is that the right, is that yeah. the right reason? Yeah, you know how I know that? What? Because I took my daughter to buy some shorts the other day and I was like, oh dang, everything's coming back that I love. Cause I, yeah. love, I love stuff like that. I think it looks really good. The lighter pair, yeah. That's like my favorite color yeah, obviously i'm like, like i'm wearing a pair of light jeans right now i like, like i like I that stonewash look and then my daughter tries to argue with me she's like nobody wears that that color i'm like well, i think it's coming back it's, it's stonewash it's yeah you know she's like oh, i just like darker jeans it's like well i get that but I, these ones are kind of in style mm. i mean i hate you know when my 12 year old argues fashion with me but <laughs> it does happen pretty commonly you know her i i do know her yes okay <laughs> Uh, uh, this or that, we've got some cargo pants, and then we've got some super flares. Okay, this one Which is one's in style. This one is like a little tougher because I see the style for both, but I see the cargo pants more so like on dudes, like the oversized cargo pants on guys. Um, and but I see guys wearing the flare like bottoms as well. Um, or well, bell bottoms, whatever you would call it. Guys them. be wearing that stuff. Yeah, now. they do. He just gave me a weird look. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what you talking So, Travis, which one are you going to go with? Yeah. Um, what are we doing? So, I would say B. 
I'm going to go with B2. I, th I see a lot of those flare bottoms. I think they're super sick. They should be in style if they're not. Right. Well, they're both in style, but A it is, is more a? in style. It's A. So see, girls yeah, yeah. wearing cargo pants is in now? Mm -hmm. I have a pair. Mm -hmm. I have a pair of Dickies. Cargo pants. Is it jean material? Mm -mm. No. Are they I think like, it's kind of jean-ish. Yeah. They're orange. I've worn them on here before. Are they no. oversized like cargo pants? Like, do they um, have to be like so, baggy? You can do or either or, but I think right now it's in style to have them like high rise and mm -hmm. fitted, but um, in your waist and your butt area, but have it more straight fit on your on your legs. So I'm just going to tell you, I love cargo pants. I love cargo shorts. When that crap went out of style 20 years ago, I refused to accept it. And I've kept wearing cargo stuff this entire time because I just like them. Yeah. It's so utilitarian to have those pockets to put your phone you gotta in, have your, your pockets. keys. You know, whatever it is you have. Yeah. It's so convenient. I have cargo pants on yeah. now. And like that, I will not get rid of them. I love cargo pants. Yeah. In fact, my, my daughter again was giving now. me grief <laughs> about wearing cargo pants the other day. And I was like, well, I, I didn't know they were. Now you can tell her that Sarah said they're in style. Well, I'm going to tell her when, next time I see her. She's at camp right now. When I pick her up, I'm be like, Sarah told me that cargos are in style. Absolutely. Not only for men, but for women, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. you need to owe me an apology. And so uh, you yeah, can get this so, stuff at your store. Yeah. So like right now, what I'm, what I literally have like in my uh, cart to buy for my new, the new collection at my store is called Free to Be, and it's just like very Americana. So we've got um, um, a crochet top. We've got this really cute little blue romper, and then those white cargo looking jeans that you we've have, got you have there. Stuff too? I'm going to come by. I have bought some stuff from your place and I do like it. I, yeah, there's a shirt I bought there. I wear it literally like all the time. Yeah. So it could people buy the stuff online or they have to go to the store. Yes. This stuff oh, isn't online okay. yet, but this is right. just coming soon. Okay, yeah. Cool. So I thought it was really cool. Cause these, whenever I um, was looking, doing this little segment, I had already thought about, you know, I'd already gone shopping for my store. And uh -huh. so I just like, and I watch a lot of YouTube videos about like fashion trends and nice. stuff. So it was like, oh, I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, hey, I think you know what you're doing. I, I always ask you like about stuff like this because you are the expert. So yes. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I love when you do segments. I, I, I actually really like fashion, so I'm all about these things, and I feel like I get smarter from reading them. And now I'm gonna go yeah. home and I'm gonna school my daughter on how she was wrong when she told me cargo. I know she says she she always likes my outfit. So yeah, I'm gonna tell, when you I, tell she her. She does look up to you, so I'm gonna tell her. So. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you Thanks. so much for, for for getting us up to speed on on summer fashion. Yeah. Cool. You're welcome. Well, everybody, I think that's all the time we have today. Please leave us a comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about on the next episode of Nip Talk.